So welcome to Wizards yeah. and Wine. Um, we have a little bit of a, a different um, episode for you today as we get set to kick off our campaign here in a couple of weeks. Um, we have enlisted some help from our friends over at World Forge Podcast. Cynthia is with me here tonight and also joining us is Piper and Sam. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 Yay. Hi. Hey, thanks for having us. Oh, my gosh. So many friends. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, oh. like an overwhelming amount of friends, honestly. It's kind of <laughs> too much. I kind of need to go like sit in the closet for a while. I know. I'm suffocating in all the love. It's nice. It's really nice. <laughs> right? It's just too much. So <laughs> what I want to talk about is um, kind of my ambitious evolution of a campaign that I'm trying to put together and have no idea how to make kind of a cohesive story. <laughs> and like yeah. more often than not, my ambition outweighs my current skill set. So what I'm having trouble with is kind of taking the ideas actually that we put together on your podcast a couple of weeks ago, taking those ideas and implementing them into the world or the aspect of the, the campaign that I've kind of created and then make all of that mesh with the grand idea of the campaign. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, cool. how, we, how we fit it all in. It does kind of sound like a lot, but yeah. I think we're- It sounds like a fun challenge though. Challenge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so- but It's the, also funny you say a couple of weeks ago, because we just recorded this like five minutes ago. <laughs> <I> <laughs> That's know. weird for me. Uh, you're shattering the illusion. I'm the fourth wall. I'm sorry Why don't you just go, you pulled the curtain, so you just ripped the curtain down is what you did. <laughs> Seriously. You just ripped off the kilt, Sam. Now right? you can see all our weird bits. The, the right? listeners deserve to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> now we see your weird tattoos on your butt, Sam. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Ooh, go listen to our episode to hear about all my weird butt tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do they say? What is on them? Okay. Give you a hint. There's a couple of religious fishes. <laughs> there are some religious fishes. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so um, what the the campaign for Wizards and Wine is? Because at the heart of Wizards and Wine, we are uh, a bunch of girls who, instead of doing a lame book club, decided that we would go ahead and play D and D and tell our own stories <laughs> while drinking the traditional beverage of uh, book clubs, which is wine. So we yeah, put all that together, and we got wizards and wine. Um, and, and I'm I'm sat here right now. I I poured half a half a bottle of wine into a giant ass Merlot glass. He did. Right yes. now. So my my attempt was to like really get into the spirit. I want to be like an honorary <laughs> wine wizard. Tonight is what I'm really, really going for here. Tap into yeah. his uh, his inner yeah. Lord, uh, Clarence Leachman. Yeah, ex yes. exactly. Yeah, I'm, wine up to the brim. Yes. We're, we're, <laughs> I'm like the Minnesota branch of like like white girls incorporated like drinking wine and being Wait, a part of your podcast did is you what just, I really want did you just call us a bunch of basic white girls is that what just happened no I'm calling myself a basic white girl <laughs> no. that's the best way I can endear myself to you you need to know that I think it was probably our first date that Sam was like I was like so what should I know about you give me your portfolio and he's like well I'm more of a white girl than any white girl you will ever meet and I was like sweet I'm scheduling in, you in for date number two <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. I've looked at more Whitney Houston than you've ever known about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Whitney who? <laughs> no, no, Whitney Hughes. Oh, Whitney thank you. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so um, yeah, that, that's Wizards and Wine, we drink wine, we tell stories <laughs> instead of reading them um, as book clubs traditionally do. And uh, the big part of what we do also is one shots, which we turn into like, a, you know, two or three episodes. The project that I've been, you know, winking at and flirting with since we started Wizards and Wine are the, um, <laughs> right, are the uncaged anthologies. Um, yeah. They're they're on, cool. of course. Um, oh my God, DMs Guild, uh, Volume One and Two mm -hmm. is out now. I know they're working on three. They may even have it ready to format at this point. I can't remember exactly, and I know they're already talking about Volume Four. So there's a lot of ground to cover uh, when it comes to the Uncaged anthologies. And what I, mean, I know, we know that like time is weird in podcast world. I mean, we said a couple weeks ago we recorded, but really it was five minutes ago. By the time this comes out, it's like Episode Nine of Uncaged. Uh, 
like who knows where they'll be at like, yeah like, right yeah truly yeah. <laughs> um and and i hope they do because i you know the the stuff that i've gone through so far in reading the the different one shots that they have i mean it's all incredible work um, and so much work has gone into it. Like, there, there's a lot of, of love for the game and a lot of love for mythology that has gone into Uncaged. And I can't wait for us to be able to explore that and kind of play in the world that they've created. But the problem cool. that that presents to its, yeah. to us is I want us to be able to have continual characters that we'll be able to establish and grow and develop as we continue to play them. Um, that's hard mm -hmm. to do when all you're running is one shots, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. What I want to do is have the one shots that we play, but I want to have an overarching story that kind of ties all of that together. I need ligaments. Yeah. So a little bit of what I've come up with is we have a society of adventurers who have all kind of come together in a secret organization that I've called the Knights of Defiance. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, we're, we're clapping. We're giving you a standing ovation over here right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, so the Knights of Defiance. And inside the Knights of Defiance, there are, uh, of course, different, like, subgroups, subsects, even, if you want to call it. Um, so you have the Grand Essentials. They're responsible for finding and recruiting new members, which is how all of our um, cast will kind of be brought into the story. Um, there's the Grand Historians, which is self-explanatory. They're, you know, in charge of keeping the history of the, the society. Um, there's the Grand Resources. Now, these ones are the, the group that is in charge of finding local gossip and doing the initial investigation into figuring out whether or not there's any truth to the rumors of monsters that are plaguing these different Ooh. villages and towns. And we have the standard bearers. They're going to be like the um, points of information, points of contact in the field. So they can bring information to the adventurers. They can um, take information from the adventurers kind of back to the headquarters, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, another problem that I thought of well, when I was sitting here trying to figure out an overarching idea is how do I explain getting to the headquarters when we may not necessarily stay in like the forgotten realms? We may end up in a different part of the D&D world as we're playing through the Uncaged Anthology. So um, the solution to that was to create a wizard who created a pocket dimension. And that pocket dimension can travel anywhere that it needs to go through the wizard and the wizard's um, students. And basically you walk through a door and then you close the door and you open it again and you're in a different place. Magic. Cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's kind of like the classic DM's question is like, how do I get my players to quit fucking around and do the shit I want them to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. I have a plan. And to stay on track. Stop being little shits and just go to the plan. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I had a character that I was playing for a while and her name was Darjan. She's a halfling rogue. Uh, she went arcane trickster. She was just a shit. Like she, <laughs> she caused, <laughs> she caused so much trouble, but she was like, I loved this character and the campaign that we were yeah. running, um, the DM kind of folded the game. So I was left with a character that I didn't get to see through. I didn't have any closure with this character. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to make my halfling rogue the mistress of this order. So she's kind of the one who has brought everybody together. She's the catalyst for everything. Nice. But she went quite mad from her <laughs> um, adventuring. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Like the, the It'll last. Happen, you know? Yeah. The last place they were in was Barovia. Uh, she, and it was Strahd. Okay. Yeah. So she had laid eyes on Strahd. She also found out that a Vistani captain called Vincenzo, um, who she called Daddy and had a very illicit <laughs> affair with. Um, very nice. <laughs> oh. Like you do. All right. Um, wasn't necessarily who she thought he was um it, we're not sure if it was a 
something that was a creation that was conjured up by this night hag um, to kind of trick her into giving up some of the knowledge that she had. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So she's kind of the... <laughs> I, I can describe most of my relationships that way. Like, it's a whole thing. It's a Don't whole worry. Thing. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, just, it's just part of her backstory that isn't really necessary for what no. we're about to do today. So I don't want to dwell on it too long because before you know it, we'll have like eight hours in and we'll all be sitting here half asleep and I'll still be talking about Darjan and her issues. Yeah. So you know, we're all just <laughs> drinking wine and crying about our past, yeah. our past breakup. I've been drinking water all night just for the record. <laughs> well, besides that shot of gin. <laughs> right. Oh my. Okay. So the first um, member that uh, Darjan recruited is a tiefling wizard named Criella. She's the one who kind of created the pocket dimension and uh, she has chosen her students and, and all of that stuff. So in episode zero, so when we kick off this campaign, all of the Wizards and Wine cast, we're going to get together and we're going to use that to help determine the relationship between all of the characters. So all of them are going to be connected somehow. So each character is going to have potentially nine or ten different connections to other people who are part of the organization. Okay. And um, I think that is going to help explain um, when week to week the cast changes a little bit. Like we have girls who can't make it, so somebody else steps in. So I think yeah. that's going to help explain those absences. And I think that, too, that is where um, the moments of fun and like sweetness and, and humor will really kind of come into play, will be the interaction through those relationships with all of those characters. Of course. Cool. Yeah. The, the problem that I have is making the connection between how do I get them to go on these adventures? Is it as lame as here's an assignment and these are the people who are on the roster for this assignment? <laughs> or do I help the girls come up with some kind of backstory and pick the backstories that suit those, the particular adventure the most? Or mm -hmm. do we just kind of roll a dice and everybody that gets an even number goes on that adventure? Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, that, so that's, well, so that's one issue that I have. And the other yeah. is yeah. we, we had kind of created two cults uh, when we popped onto the world forge podcast with you yeah, guys. We're, we're forced to use these cults we created now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, we are lucky enough to use these yeah, yeah. created. Yeah. <laughs> but what I think yeah, is... Go, go listen to World Forge to get a solid foundation. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, yeah. what we're talking about here. Please go listen to our show now. Yeah, right? Because um, it's going to give you um, some pretty huge insights to how parts of the homebrewed portion of the campaign is going to work. Because I want these two cults to be like weird points of contact and weird... Uh, encounters that we're going to have uh, with the group of adventurers and meeting these NPCs. And it could be that yeah. one yeah. of the heads or leaders of these cults becomes the big bad at the very end, which could be three years from now. That would be really cool. That would right? be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's kind of where I stand. It's all problems and all question marks. World Forge Podcast, <laughs> save us, please. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we do, right? Bestow your wisdom um, upon us, please. Right. Oh, my goodness. So, also, the first no thing pressure. that literally popped into my head... <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Of course, of course. Please, this is a piece of cake. Um, I was going to say, the first thing that popped into my head about a reason why a bunch of people get together um, during different times for these different reasons... A birthday party. Well, I was going to say... A reunion, like, yeah, like, and you could go as something as simple or silly as like, oh, hey, you know, it's our ten-year high school reunion or whatever the organization is that they're part yeah, of. Yeah, like, fantasy high school reunion. Exactly, yeah. we have to get together all these like every so some number of years or whatever to like go and do this thing. But then the um, kind of more sort of like fantasy and like even horror element that you can tie into it is like how in um, the book and the movie It. Uh, those teens, after they defeat the monster the first time, they say, well, I don't... Every 27 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say that I haven't read the book, so I don't remember the reason why they know that it's every, like, 26 years, but they say we have to come back together again during this time so we can try and stop this thing. And yeah. so, um, especially if you're trying to pull in these kind of, like, these cult these elements to it, maybe these guys have all... They were all present during some sort of, like, catastrophe or some sort of situation that they know, like... They helped 
defeat this thing or they were there when this thing was defeated and now they have to carry the torch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they have to get together for that reason. Okay. Well, or maybe that's what brings them into this organization, right? Is like this organization exists sort of above the mortal like you know the the normal like everyday people who live their lives don't acknowledge the existence of this organization but maybe they watch for like every so often a supernatural event happens and they look for people who kind of show up and and stand up to these events and prove themselves as heroes or you know people who who have a way of kind of changing the 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 stakes of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And look up to these people and they say, maybe everyone in your party are people that at some point in history have proven themselves as potential heroes or people who could potentially be valuable assets to this organization. And maybe it's not all at the same time. Maybe it's like you prove yourself and they pluck you out of time and they put you in stasis. And then every hundred years, there's like a crisis that's worthy of gathering all of these characters together. And they say, we got to, we got to drop you all in here. And so that kind of creates an interesting dynamic between the characters that they can sort of say, Hey, none of us know where we are. We're all sort of stolen from our lives. We have to now interact in a way that is you know, we don't know each other. It's sort of this weird thing we're all dropped into. We're all kind of on the same page of not knowing things, but also it is organically encouraging you to all work as a team and, and mm-hmm. find ways to cooperate in mm-hmm. this sort of uncomfortable situation. Like, yeah. that seems cool to me. Definitely. You can also sort of like almost take a um, sort of a Hunger Games approach to things. Oh, yeah. Like maybe if all these people come from different territories or areas, maybe there's some sort of like lottery or like champion yeah. thing where they have to say, okay, we have to send somebody to go and do this. And so everybody who is on your campaign, they are people who have been chosen or have volunteered. Uh, I volunteer as tribute um, <laughs> to go and take <laughs> part in, there. Yeah, in one of in whatever the, uh, the adventures that you have yeah. in store. Yeah. Maybe it's not an altruistic organization. Maybe there is some kind of economy behind this where they say, we have to keep these games going. We have to pick people who are fun to watch. It's reality TV. It's fantasy reality TV. Yeah. Uh, so maybe sense, maybe right? maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe the organization has almost like celestial ties. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, you said you have people within this organization whose job it is to kind of like um, keep their ear to the ground when it comes to like legends and things mm-hmm. to see if these monsters are real. Yes, um, it makes sense too that they would also maybe there would be a similar division or maybe it's like a subclass of those people who are like well we have to keep our eye out for individuals who are capable of you know fulfilling the needs that we have yeah defeating these monsters or accomplishing goals that fit the the overarching premise of, of this organization or whatever yeah mm. yeah i like that a lot yeah what's your next problem <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, gonna, we're just gonna fix them all for you one by one here we go yeah right the next problem it's not really a problem um but it's like the the proper use of the cults as npcs as we get into um the adventures what i was thinking about because right now what i'm struggling with as a dm because i mean i've been a dm for how long cynthia like a month and a half Two yeah, months. about that, two months. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So um, really the biggest challenge that, that I have right now is getting from the setup of the game to getting the characters to their first, um, like not even your first encounter, Cynthia. I hear you snickered <laughs> because Cynthia likes to start at the end of the game and then work backwards and it fucks me up every time. I do that when I do everything. <laughs> even a maze I do I start at the end and go backwards at the start god you're so difficult (laughs) 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 but no uh so what um I struggle with is getting them to that first thing like I need them to get to the um tavern so how do I get them to the tavern or how do I get them to the mayor of the town because he has the information that they yeah. need to know? Or how do I get them to, you know, the brothel? Or how do I get them to yeah. the market? Yeah. Or, you Piper know? Is, uh, Piper's sticking her finger up like she, she's like, I've got an idea here. I do have an idea. <laughs> um, I did the same thing. This is something that actually Sam and I have talked about quite a bit on our podcast. Um, we have, when we do our sessions, um, we have sort of like a rotating DM uh, sort of situation and also sort of a like 
shared combined narrative approach to things. Okay. Um, one thing that I think Sam does especially well is he will like set a scene, right? But then he turns it over to the players and he says, okay, I want all of you to describe like, what are you doing there and why? I mean, you have this issue of trying to come up with why are all these people there? You know, just like do the corporate thing and pass it down the ladder and say, <laughs> hey players, you tell me why you're yeah. in this tavern tonight. And someone, that way they can use their own creativity too. And I mean, somebody's like, oh, the tavern owner is my dad. Or someone's like, oh, I own, uh, I owe like a debt to this guy and I'm here to pay it off. Yeah, you know, I, everyone can come up with their own thing. I agree with that, that you're right. I do do a really good thing as a DM. So humble. Uh, I think it can be, I mean, really for me, it's like, you know, I can plan as much as I want, but I have to assume that my players are going to just throw most of it out the window. You can never really, uh, you know, guarantee your players are going to do exactly what you expect them to do. You know, I mean, I, I ran a session a couple weeks ago for us where I had this, you know, huge thing. That I, you know, Piper, you've been really into Glow lately. You've been watching Glow. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, build this uh, this encounter around, you know. Did this, you build this cool an encounter sort of like, around the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Is that what you yeah, did? Yeah, I was like, it'd be it'd yep. be a really cool thing that, it, you know, you can all kind of establish these cool personas. You'll have, like, alter egos. There was a whole costume montage I had planned. You were going <laughs> to go on this whole, like, journey. And, you know, I, I built this up to be something that I thought you guys would just love. I thought you would really take the bait. And, you know, your character was just like, oh, no, I don't fuck with that. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> interested in, like, working for somebody else. Like, just totally threw it all out the window you oh know? poor sam he was like no you have to do this and i was like hmm i'm gonna seduce my way out of this situation yeah, totally. okay now i'm gonna like sleep with all these guys and now i'm gonna talk my way out of this now i'm gonna run from the cops yeah. <laughs> like this character is not into it i learned so much about your characters from this encounter and like that's what i take away from it yeah that it was like a failure on my part to dm i mean i if I take something about your characters away that I can then use in a later encounter, I still see that as a, you know, this is an absolute win. Absolutely. Um, I, I think you need to kind of build in that, that sort of failure barrier a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think what I kind of want to say about this really is the reason that I, that that's why I ask of my players when I'm setting the scene and when I'm kind of, laying the groundwork for the story is I want to say, well, look, what are you looking for in this room? What are you trying to do in this room? Do you know somebody that's in this tavern? Do you, you know, have a goal that you're trying to meet? Are you just trying to swindle everybody? Do you, are, are you looking at the, the decorations in the tavern? Are you looking at the food in the tavern? Are you looking at the people in the tavern? And that all kind of tells you where you can go. Yeah. I, I think you have to sort of giving your players a foundation to help you tell the story gives you a lot of exit strategies for that sure. kind of thing, you know, where you can have, a, yeah. you know, a basic plan as to how you want these things to go. But if it doesn't go that way, you at least can be thinking about, okay, well, my player was paying attention to the, the gold silverware. So they're probably going to steal that. So you're thinking about ways mm -hmm. to turn that into a story as you're playing, you know, you always have to have 50% planning and kind of 50% improv totally, as, yeah. you, as you go. I also think like opening that way, it's a really nice, good kind of like opening creative exercise just to get everyone's like imaginations running. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, I'm going to hand it over to you right now and you yeah. can pretty much do whatever you want. Like so long as it's within means, you know? Yeah, totally. And like for someone like me, I'm usually always like, I want to do something super creative. Like what's something weird I can do in this cavern. Like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to come riding in on a unicorn. And, and the thing is, like, you see, like, a thousand taverns in every d, &D Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, like, the, the most boring thing you can do is say, well, we all... The whole party meets at a round table at an inn. You're all drinking your wine and you're being wizards or whatever. Like, that's not interesting. It's, it's been done a million times. But to give your players an opportunity to say, you know, well, this is something I was experiencing in my life that I'm drawing upon. You know, maybe I was, I watched a cool show that gave me an idea about what I want to see in this tavern. Or I listened to a cool podcast that gave me an idea about something I want to see in this tavern. Like, yeah. it opens up so many possibilities. And why's it got to be a tavern? Why is it, yeah, why's it got to be a tavern? It could be anything, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that's really the most important thing. It shouldn't be, like, it shouldn't be, how did we get to this tavern? Like, why are we working together? It, it should be about saying, it doesn't really matter where we are. It's giving your players a platform to, to, kind of build the rules of this particular location. You yeah. Know? You you have to set the scene all together. And I think that will eliminate a lot of headaches you have as a DM. You know, like, you, you can't account for everything. Let your players account for it for you. 
you know. But I do think you also have to have for this to work. There needs to be kind of a fundamental understanding among the players that, that you know you have to sort of say, look. Yes, end me. You know, don't don't like shut down ideas we have. We all have to kind of play off of each other. Yeah. I think if you build a strong dynamic between everyone in the party and sort of say we want to support each other's ability to tell the story and to enhance our characters, that can really make it a lot easier for you to do this. You know,、mm-hmm. if if you all are kind of looking out for each other at the same all all together. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very cool. So we sort. I I guess I sort of. Answered your question without really actually answering your question. No,、uh, <laughs> you absolutely did. Turn it over to the characters to tell why they are in the location doing the thing they are doing. <laughs> Now、yeah. that was yeah, my dad.、Exactly, Now、yeah. exactly. the one episode that absolutely started from the beginning and I did not go anywhere with was a total party kill. So just saying, on the first encounter, <laughs> that was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes following the actual order of something is not a good thing. <laughs> no, that all came down to roll, Cynthia. You know it. I was rolling well, and you guys rolled like shit.、It、wasn't even my fault. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, you know, if you're if you're playing a game that's based on the D20 system, no matter what you're doing, you have a five percent chance to succeed and a five percent chance to fail.、Mm-hmm. You know, the, the best odds you could ever hope for are ninety five percent, right? So, like, I, I think that's something that you, is just built into the world. You know,、yeah. no matter what you're doing, no matter how well you plan it, like, shit will get fucked up once in a one out of twenty times.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And those are usually the most entertaining yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. The failures are always more interesting than the success. Sure. It,、yeah. Once you kind of learn to account for them, yeah, yeah, it's just bridging that gap between you know, here you are. It's a cloudy day. The roads are kind of muddy. You've landed in this town. <laughs> what the fuck? What do I do now? You know what I mean? Like that's just bridging that little gap、yeah. is just that's oh totally yeah. Well, that's so what I. I want to do this the next time that I start a brand new campaign, and it's funny to say this because we've just literally started one.、Yeah. But I think about this a lot too. I'm like, it's so boring to just have everybody be like, "Oh, we're all in a tavern together, and now we're going to go on a quest." Like, I would love it for like the next campaign that I do to like if I have everybody sitting down, it's like, okay, we all know who we are, right? And just like launch directly into dialogue and just be like, "All right, and action." What the fuck, Jim? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And just, like, and just start like talking, and then like just、yeah. you know like improv the moment and be like, "What are we all doing?" Here in this like fucking、totally. swamp, and, and, I don't know. And I th- like, know, whatever think, comes out, I think the difference is like it's starting. You know, if you say I want to start this story with a place, yeah, then you're forced to sort of say, okay, well, why are we all in this place? But if you start the story with an event, you can say, well, we just assume we were all together all the time. Like, what what is happening, and we are all involved in it. Like, exactly, we're all involved in this thing. You know, yeah,、uh, it's a it's a. Barroom brawl, or it's a you know a, a group therapy a, session. Yeah, group therapy <laughs> session. Exactly. Like whatever it is that's happening, we all can just say, "Oh, like we're we're going to go along with this because it's an event that we're we're privy to." Now we have to think how would our character react to this event, not why is our character trying to deal with these other people. Yeah. Like, you just assume, well, I am I am dealing with them. I have been dealing with these other people. Yeah. Like. That you can kind of throw that out the window, the reason, and then I, you deal with it later. I just had an idea of how I would love to start a story, and you're totally anyone's totally welcome to take this. But <laughs> how fun would it be to start off your campaign and it's like, okay, all of you are like shackled together, like ankle to ankle. You're sitting on these uncomfortable boards, and you're、oh, rowing in the bottom of a Viking ship. You're slaves <laughs> rowing like in this prison boat. Like that would be a great way to start. It doesn't、like, matter how you got there; you're just there. Exactly, because、yeah. you're like so. What do you do for fun as you row your <laughs> slave boat? <laughs>、um, another,、uh, actually, one of the the one shots that we played, Zib for your thoughts.、Um, I really liked how the intro for that one was written. It wasn't, you know, the the group comes together. It was everybody is in the sewer and you're waiting for your contact to come, and it was like a description of the sewer, and then along comes the NPC who gives them the job. And I was like, "That's perfect. That's the, like that's the kind of like focus in the beginning of a thing that I、yeah. look for as a DM. I don't, yeah. So I don't know how you guys did. You like that particular beginning or yeah? I liked or? it. I liked it all. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. I mean, I I think it it gave your players room to. You didn't railroad anybody. You didn't sort of shut out. 
any kind of like potential backstories. I mean, they, I, I think it was a good sort of versatile start, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and and I think that's kind of what we're you know sort of what we're talking about is like give your players a platform to help tell the story. Don't say here's the story you're in now deal with it. It's it's right. kind of saying we all are telling the story collaboratively. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and helping your players, giving your players the tools to do that is kind of the most important thing. And I think that accomplished that really well. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I haven't encountered in a D&D session yet that I would like to really experience uh, in a future one is all the D&D games I've ever played, everybody comes into it and all of our characters are strangers who are meeting each other for the first time. I would love to do a campaign where we either all know each other and we ahead of time come up with how we all know each other or like just a few of us know each other. Like three people could be strangers, but two people are like best friends and they like have this long history that you and that other like person can make up together ahead of time before the game so that way you don't have to spend so much time being like ooh my tragic backstory which I can't tell you because it wouldn't make sense <laughs> for me to just lay that on the table right now yeah, totally. and just be like oh yeah you know how like your dad killed your mom and then he like also stole your dog I remember that and it's like geez yeah okay yeah and that's that's, that's that's what our episode zero is mostly going to be about it'll be everybody yeah. knowing what all the other characters are going to be around the table and um i have like a list of 200 ways that the characters could all know each other yeah and i really like that yeah and as they're chosen like they'll be they'll be scratched off of the list except for like probably like blood relative connections i'll probably leave on the list so um you know it and it's everything from uh you know they were adventuring in in a different um city together um right up to um you know one person was a bounty hunter and the other person is the bounty and they end up adventuring together instead like Like, it it really does kind of cross the the breath oh by the way cynthia spoiler alert (laughs) um so (laughs) (laughs) i told you i will not remember any of this conversation (laughs) (laughs) maybe they all went to the same daycare yeah struck by a meteor and they all lost their memories from going (laughs) they all knew each other as children and then the traumatic experiences being in daycare and getting struck by a meteor caused them to forget all of their childhood memories from the ages of 10 and previous. Yeah, and exactly. I, I, I wish is that I could, on your list? <laughs> right, it is now. Um, like, I, I wish I could take credit from that, but it actually came from a, a, a game called Fiasco. And if you go on to yeah. YouTube, you can see Will Wheaton doing exactly that but they'd go beyond just inter- uh, like character relationships they go into yeah. world building and plot hooks and um you yeah. know why this character is good for this character but that character is bad for this character like it, it really does set up the whole game so everybody knows exactly what's happening and then boom you tell the story that's the game so yeah like i i so i love fiasco because it's exactly like we just said, like your failures are always more interesting than your successes, right? Right, Like when things go wrong, it gives you a platform to say, well, what's next? You know, Uh, a success doesn't really give you as much power to shape the story. I think in a lot of ways and and that fiasco, um, I, I, so Piper and I are big kind of like movie people. We love, uh, we love the Coen brothers, especially, uh, local boys. We live in St. Louis park, Minnesota. Uh, Coen Brothers from St. Louis Park, Minnesota. <laughs> um, all of the, you know, if you if you love Fargo or if you love No Country for Old Men or if you love uh, any of their movies, they're all about things going wrong. They're all about right. like a person who, you know, tries to sort of act outside of their station and 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 you know they think that they're more capable than they really are, and then how everything sort of goes to shit. Right. That's how Fiasco works. It's it's about things going to shit like everything just spiraling out of control mm-hmm. and i think that's such a great it's an expectation you should have as a dm but also it's i think a good just format for a game or, yeah. or for a story is like mm-hmm. well things are going to go wrong like yeah. expect that and how do you how do you work with that yeah um i think expecting that is a good exercise for a player and a dm and fiasco is a really really great tool like you know playing fiasco will make you a better DM and it will make you a better player of D&D because it kind of forces you to think what happens when this doesn't work out you mm-hmm. know yeah. when when my like you know 20 charisma score uh, bard tries to seduce the queen of this land and it doesn't you know and I fail mm-hmm. and then 
she sticks her guards on me and we're suddenly all in prison. Like, how do you deal with that? Those are like real things. These are the real problems we face in oh, America yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> ready to be confronted with. Yeah, right. Uh, so th- those, are, those are things that as a, as a D&D player, as a DM, I think you should be ready to confront. And I think expecting failure is always a better idea than expecting success. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. truly. Definitely. Um, another thing that I'm a little bit worried about with our campaign is I've, you know, kind of gone through the, the one shots in both of the Uncaged volume one and volume two. And I mean, they're quite heavy and they're quite dark. So I'm trying to find a way to balance, uh, those heavy moments with like lighthearted stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I need to find like a, a, lighter one shot to put in the one that happens after you know the baby dies because somebody killed it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god or like i'm serious like there's some dark stuff there's even um like trigger warnings that they have on the covers of the adventures because it deals with such heavy stuff i mean it's mythology and mythology is not a pretty place to be right yeah, so, no, it's true yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so like my concern is going too heavy and too dark for too long because we can play because mm-hmm. we're going to play bi-weekly when we're doing the the the, the um, oh my god campaign so really we're going to be playing every two weeks but the episodes will be going up every week so we could end up playing you know two adventures in a row that are heavy that's going to be a month's worth of episodes so yeah. it's almost like I need to go one heavy one yeah. not so heavy when almost comical, you know, like, well, I think, I think part of that sort of depends on the people playing the game. I mean, from what I've picked up from just like chatting with you two thus far is that like, you guys are very witty and very easy to joke. I mean, that's kind of like, I think even if Sam was running like a very dark campaign, I would still be like popping jokes into it and like bring levity to the situation myself, just because that's how I tend to play. Yeah. So I think true. that's part of it. But, but you're, you're quick with a joke or a light up your smoke. Mm-hmm. There's no place <laughs> that I'd rather be. Exactly. Yeah. And we love quoting our, our songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, yeah, like I, I, I kind of to Piper's point here, I mean, I think it sort of depends on the dynamic you have as a group. Again, like, you know, if you have a group that can sort of have a serious moment and then suddenly jump to a, a you know, having comedy and levity and then jump back to a serious moment. I think that makes it much more digestible, right? Um, you know, as a DM or as a player, I don't want to have everything just be like funny and goofy all the time because then there's no stakes to it. You know, right. it, nothing seems like it matters. But at the same time, I don't want everything to be like a dreary, like, oh man, we're always on the verge of death. And it's, all, it's just a nightmare all the time. There's nothing fun about this. Like, you're going to have to strike that balance. Yeah. You know, and, and I think um, having having sort of trust between your players and having a a sort of a closeness and a strong dynamic between you all that allows you to jump from seriousness to levity to to kind of darkness back to joking again Mm -hmm. really goes a long way there. Um, Well, also sort of like, I do think your idea of, of kind of mixing it up of doing like serious episodes and then like comical episodes is, is good. Um, Because I mean, like, if you balance those together well, like the funny moments make the darker moments darker and right. the yes. darker moments yes. make the happy moments better Yeah, because they, they you have them against each, each other. other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can't experience joy without sorrow and vice versa. Yeah. yeah whatever. I'm philosophical. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm forcing them to see it. Like how cool I am for acknowledging that. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like, um, definitely just sort of like get the vibe i mean if you guys also if everyone in your group is totally cool to just go like hard dark all the way <laughs> three months of darkness then, like hard dark yeah go for it like that's if that's what everyone wants then why not yeah, yeah. also so yeah. yeah true yeah true 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 i mean if you want to have a weird uh cult leader goddess that flails around windmilling <laughs> whips all the time uh then go for it you know yeah, find yeah. a way to make that fun or find a way to make it terrible right yeah. or yeah. a spider yeah. god of lies yeah yeah, yeah. Got lies, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> whatever it is you're calling yeah i mean like it's yeah. it's all just a, a matter of terrified of in the homebrew parts 
of the campaign. The ligaments is what I call it. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm really worried about ending up being that DM that is like overplanned and then things go sideways and I can't break what I have planned. Like I'm, I'm totally, I'm, no, I'm afraid, course. I'm yeah. afraid of that. Like, or, or she's staring, sitting here staring at me as she's saying that because <laughs> I'm the one that makes it go sideways most of the time <laughs> like, I feel attacked right now yeah right, right. <laughs> no like at the same time though it's like you know you, you can be a DM, and you, a DM and you can say look I have like five adventures planned and expect your players to sort of see the connections between them and and you know yeah, after a year of doing all this, be like, you guys get it, right? You get it? Like, this was this because of this. You know, you, you can't really force these things. You kind of have right. to give your players room to make these connections on their own and, and understand things organically without you saying, oh, well, the, it happened. The butler was the one that did it all along. You guys get it, right? <laughs> Didn't you see? Remember when he stole the thing from the thing and he, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I feel like yeah. when I'm DMing, I rarely ever choose sort of like an end goal mm-hmm. um i like to try to make it a bit more episodic and if it seems after a few sessions that the party is kind of like playing along with that then i'm like okay they're going with my direction they're not kind of defying me so now i can kind of like bring in an overarching thing right um because yeah i've definitely been there before um i the first time i ever dm'd a session was with a group of my girlfriends and i put together this whole sort of like island of dreams where everyone was received like a mysterious invitation to come to the island and they would receive like some item that was like super important to them that they've been searching for their whole lives. Yeah. Um, and I had this character, this PC that I had created who was supposed to be their guide. And I created this whole like backstory for him. And I thought, I was like, this character is so sympathetic. Like he's going to betray them, but in the end they're going to ask him why he did it and he'll tell them his story and they'll love him and it'll be great. But in the end, like, they got to that point and they're like, wow, you fucked us over. We hate you. Goodbye. And I was like, no, but listen to his story. And they're like, nope, we're out. See ya. He's dead. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. So like, you know, you put all yeah. these plans into it and they just, you know, they shit on it or they walk yeah. all over it. So it's like, yeah. you kind of just have to like feel it out as you go. And there's sort of, there's this concept like in writing that you're, as a writer, you're, they say you're either a planner or a panther, which yeah. I think is like a really funny dichotomy. Right? But the, the idea being that you either are, you know, you plan everything out years in advance and you say, here's where I want the story to go and now I have to figure out a way to get there. Or you can kind of say, I don't really have an end point. I'm a, I'm a pantser. I put on the pants of every character and I just sort of say... You fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, you fly by the seat of your pants. You say, like, how would they experience <laughs> this moment? And, and based on sort of living in their skin as you're writing, the story organically evolves, right? Right. And I don't necessarily think that either perspective is the universal best approach. You kind of have to balance, you know, you, you should say, well, maybe I have a skeleton sort of to the story, uh, spooky skeleton, happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> you should have a, a, a general like skeleton uh, to the story, but you should also acknowledge that you have to kind of improvise as you go. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a reality of life and it's a reality of writing. And it's a reality of playing games. Yeah. Uh, life pro tip. You're welcome for fixing all of your lives. <laughs> Although, I mean, Depending on how um, like strong-headed some of your players are, there yeah. you definitely I think can lay down the law when you have to. I mean, oh, yeah. in the first session of our a backhand motion, I'm smacking the back of my hand. Here. Yeah, in the first um, uh, session of our current campaign, like Sam like plopped us all into this weird haunted house, and once again my character was trying to be like, I'm gonna just like barrel through the wall. Yeah. I'm not playing this game. I don't want to do this. But like Sam was like, okay, you there's magic around it. You can't escape. You have yeah. to go through the house. Like yeah. he laid down the law on that one. Yeah. And like for the most recent session that we did, I had this thing where I was like, okay, I've, I've planned out this, like this big fight that you have to do. And Sam's character was like, well, maybe we should go to the source of the conflict, not the conflict <laughs> itself. And I was like, well, half the party is going there anyway. So you can go off on your own if you want to, but <laughs> I mean, you could, but you would die. So do you want to die? Yeah, would it's that like, be fun what for do you your character? Sam? Yeah. You know, you can just kind of, you can definitely yeah. not let them run all over totally, you if you want totally. to. It's like, you know, you have to not be afraid to, to, yeah, exactly. Lay down the law and say, look, you guys, I give you a lot of, a lot of leeway. I give your bullshit a lot of leeway here. <laughs> Once in a while, you gotta let me be the bullshitter. I'm gonna say, that time when God just is like, guys, I'm gonna cry. Please do what I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh my no, gosh. But, yeah. But, 
I, I, yeah, they're, they're again. It's like with all things, there's sort of a balance to it. You know, you have to have have your plan, but be ready to change the plan. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. yeah. a cannon can, plan. Yeah, can I say that more times tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the whole That's point is yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the whole point <laughs> is summarized in one sentence. Now, how can I leverage these cults? Like, do I just keep them as yeah, NPCs? Do I yeah. um, write, like, entire homebrew um, sessions around an encounter with? Do they, yeah. Do they so, start so I as... really like the idea. We, I mean, cause, so these cults we're talking about, again, the, the cults that were created on WorldForge Pod, um, Spotify and Gmail, uh, Spotify and Google Play and, and Apple Podcasts Gmail. And, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Uh, the idea behind these cults sort of being rivals to this adventuring guild or, or organization or whatever, yeah. you know, they, maybe they've been around for a thousand years trying to, for whatever reason, go and find these artifacts to, you know, enhance civilized races or, you know, whatever. I, I don't care what their motivations are, but Leviatar, the cult of the weaver of lies, they just want something different. So what are they called? The, the Organization of Awesomeness or whatever. What are they called? Guild oh. of Calamitous Intent. The, of- <laughs> <laughs> the Knights of the Knights of Oh, what is it? The, the Knights of Deliverance. The Knights no, of no. The Knights of Saint It's a D word. Defiance. Knights of Defiance. The, the Knights of Defiance. Yeah. So, so the Knights of Defiance want X. The cults of the Weaver or the cult of uh, Leviatar. They just want something different. Like you know, they're just people that you run into here and there. So they don't necessarily have to have you know, uh, a specific goal that is, you know, a, a opposing in like a grand sense of yeah. the, the, the Guild of Defiance, maybe just on, an, on like an individual scale, you know, that the, the Cult of Leviathar sends people out. And in this particular instance, they ran into Knights of Defiance that they were, they were messing up their plan. You know, they, they got into an argument in a temple. They both wanted the same artifact. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, only one could walk away with it. You know, just being people that you can run into out in the world is kind of cool. I don't think necessarily you have to have a huge, grand, scheming, big, bad, evil guy. Sometimes it's sort of fun to just say, well, just incidentally, they ran into each other and they just didn't really get along. Well, one thing that you could do, I don't know um, if you work with maps at all in your campaign, if you like draw out a sort of like large scale plan of sort of the, the continent or what it, wherever this area is that your people are in. Um, if you, you could even do it based on like borders and territories. Like if you draw a spot on your map and you're like, well, this is where this guild is. And if any point in the adventure, your team decides to go into that land, it's like, oh, I guess that means next session you have to run into these guys. Yeah, right. That's totally. kind of a nice way to like kind of leave it up to fate. And you can just have kind of dummy like placeholder, you know, you run into a band of a wizard and a cleric and a fighter and like you know they don't have to be characters they can just be stupid guys you run into on the road you well know? Like, these, kind of we're talking specifically about the cults though well, yeah but, I, but they're members of the cult yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, another yeah. uh one when uh, actually cynthia and i were talking before uh we connected earlier was um we could use the cult as um like they almost spoil the plans of the, the group so if the goal was to go and kill the Medusa by the time the group gets to the Medusa the Medusa has already been dealt with and they're left yeah. I like that. Well, yeah. or you know if we're talking about the Weaver of Lies maybe they say the Medusa's dealt with but she's not you know right. yeah. maybe the Medusa's still acting in the background you know mm-hmm. they say well you, you know there's no reason for you to go and seek the Medusa's treasure we already got it mm-hmm. but really they went there and they failed to get it and they just said we don't want you to have it yeah I like that you know, yeah. we, we want to just steer you away from it, yeah. you know, and then you can decide, do we believe them? You know, who are these, you know, weirdos? We haven't run into them before. Can we mm-hmm. trust that, you know, they said the Medusa's dead. Like, is the Medusa dead? We don't really know. Like that's, that's a really interesting encounter for your party to have. Like yeah. that could be resolved with, you know, not with planning the story, but with real role play, you know, yeah. what would your players think? How would they react to this as individual characters? Mm-hmm. You know, are they skeptical or are they, uh, you know, are they really gullible? I like that. I also like what you described too about like coming to the spot and maybe something has already been dealt with. It makes me think too, it'd be interesting if like either whichever like cult you decide to go with, 
if like they leave a sort of calling card behind, sort of like the Mark of Zorro. So when they come to these spots, <laughs> there's like something here and they're like, okay, we saw the same weird symbol or the same weird thing at the last place we went to. Yeah. And that kind of like leads like into some sort of like, well, if any people in your party decided to pick up on these details, then they can make the yeah. the decision to say, well, we need to figure out what this is. Maybe. And they go looking for maybe them. Maybe like, okay. So, so we talked about this a little bit that the, the, when you become a high-level caster in the cult of the Weaver of Lies or whatever. Mm-hmm. All the spiders come out of your yeah, mouth. Yeah, the spiders come out of your mouth. Maybe if you, like, beguile someone with your nasty, tricksy lies, you get, like, a little spider bite on your body somewhere. Oh, so gosh. there's, like, a physical mark that you were tricked by this thing. Like, the, oh, the spell yeah. leaves, like, an indelible mark on you. Maybe. So yeah. later, if you maybe start to realize, like, oh, these these guys are like doing something. It's like, they're, they're tricking us. They're, they're like acting against us clearly. And they start seeing all of us have these weird spider bites. Like, what are these spider bites from? Is it because they're doing a weird spell that's, Biting us with spiders, or is it because we <laughs> fell asleep in a field and all the chiggers got us? All the chiggers, yeah, exactly. It could be either one. Yeah, it could be anything. No. Yeah, no. I, I that's... think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I like that a lot. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we're pretty brilliant. You like totally are. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I think that gives me lots to to work with, and we've got our episode zero coming up here soon, so. Um, we'll be able to get some character relations happening and then we'll jump into the campaign. Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to do like a quick like lightning round? Is there anything you want to, you know, anything you need us to fix? Like just quick boom, boom, bust through a couple of ideas? Or oh my God. What? You know what? Give me a couple of episodes into the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come show up and just like solve all your problems for you again. Yeah. Perfect. I'll be like, guys, can you help me with this? Yes, I'll send you some wine. Like, hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'll send no, you some great. wine and some recipes for some really great cocktails because we've made some great ones. Hell yes, yeah. we have. Oh my god. That sounds amazing. Yeah. We're I've all about that. Some really good god. cocktails. Yeah. Um look for yeah. look for Empress Vodka. Or sorry, Empress Gin. Empress okay. Gin, okay. Empress Sweet. Gin. It's, it's purple gin. Um, and it, wait, the gin is purple. The gin yep. is purple. Yep. And so you, Dang. yep. It's in a, it's in a tall glass. <laughs> you put in your, this is so good. You put in your ice cubes, then you dump in some gin, however much you think you want. Uh, follow that with some sparkling lemonade and then, Ooh. um, add like maybe like an inch or so of blue curacao and it's going to sink down to the bottom and it's going to layer and you're going to have this beautiful layered drink. It's so pretty and it's so pretty. Good. This yeah. sounds beautiful. Yeah. Yum. So good. We've got, I want it now, please. We, <laughs> we have so many. Mail me one of those? <laughs> yes. There's also, what's the other one um, that we really liked that was a hit? What was that? Do you remember? God, we've had so many. I know. <laughs> Our shooter night was also the same night as the boozy watermelon. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is really good radio. All of us not knowing how to make a drink that none of us know what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. This is really good what content, guys. I remember how to make. Uh, yeah. No, um, oh, there's um. Oh, what was it called though? I can't remember what it was called, but it's banana liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> it's banana liqueur. It's um, cream de cacao. Yeah, which I didn't okay. think was a real word. And um, you fill your glass with milk after that. And it's so tasty. Yes. It tastes Ew, like a banana. What? what? No. Yeah, no. Oh, veto. Milk and drink. Veto the milk. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Trust me. It tastes like a banana cream pie. And the JD Shore. Yeah. Well, they don't have that oh, down yeah. in the States. Oh, I feel bad for you guys. Yeah. No, there's so, a. There's you know a... What? It's funny. Like, this is something we kind of talked about. We talked about this like a couple weeks ago. We were like, oh, what are like things we could post on Twitter? You know, we were like kind of getting big into it. And we were like, what if we made, what if we, I have a friend who's like a mixologist. who's yep. like a, a pretty big, like, uh, like mixologist influencer in the Twin Cities. And uh, I was like, what if I asked him to design mixed drinks based on people's D&D characters? Yep. It would, would be like an amazing thing, right? Uh, like what kind of character would, would, you know, would, is that like a, is that like a weird eccentric wizard drink? If you drink a banana cream pie, shooter <laughs> right. or whatever? Like, well, there like, is. What, what kind of character drinks that drink? Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the girls um, with us, Erin, she um, will create 
her character based on the cocktail that we're going to have during that session. So there was one, I love that. right? One week we had a shot called the uh, Loch Ness monster. So it's melon liqueur followed by Irish cream, followed by Jägermeister. And it layers beautifully in a little shot glass. And uh, so she created an elven druid, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was just very cool. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Cool. I like that a whole lot. Yeah. That's I think so adding things like that into it, because like normally yeah. like the creation process for me is so like, I'm going to come up with everything on my own or I'm going to so invest into it. But it's kind of cool to be like, okay, day of, here's your stuff, make a person, yeah. make it work. Yeah. Let's yeah. play. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I've started rolling well, my kinda... stuff randomly. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so brave. I, I, there's a lot of interesting different sort of philosophies. You know, when you make a character, like do you roll the stats ahead of time and just make it work? Does the DM roll the stats and you just distribute them? Does the DM roll like stats for every character and you fight over who gets what stats or whatever? Like there's so many cool ways to do that that I think can kind of inform your role-playing decisions based mm -hmm. on it. Uh, I, I also feel, somebody on Twitter recommended this to us, like ways to get into your character are like build a Spotify playlist based on your character or like make a drink based on your character or whatever. Um, you know, establish things you can do while you're playing the game to help mm -hmm. you get into the role. Yeah. Uh, I, when I, when I played, uh, Saeed a, a few sessions ago, I had a, a character who, it was a big deal, but he really loved fine wine and he loved absinthe and like expensive like liquors. And whenever I would kind of get into character with him, I would, I would go and like drink absinthe or I'd drink like a, like a Shiraz or like some kind of fancy wine or whatever. And it really put me in that headspace a little bit, like helping yourself to take that character off the page and engaging sort of all of your senses. And, yeah. And yeah. That is a good way to get, get in the space. Exactly. And I am, I took on an accent for the first time for my character for this session. And I got a prop for her too. She has a, a pipe that she likes to smoke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so that helps kind of stay in the mindset yeah. too. Yeah, there's yeah. so much you can do. Yeah, I just yeah, accents just happen. Um, <laughs> I don't plan them ahead of time. If they happen, they happen. <laughs> if they don't, they don't. For some reason, I've had you know people who sound like they're from Brooklyn in a broke village in the middle of nowhere. I don't know how or why, but that's uh, that's, I like a, it. that's that's just a thing that that's happens. How it works, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, your language is arbitrary. You know who knows how any of that works Honestly, out. I don't know. Yeah. It's great stuff, though. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that uh, I've got lots of homework to do, and uh, Cynthia has yeah. some time to forget everything that we've talked about. Right, Cynthia? <laughs> yeah, I won't remember a thing. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. Yeah, no, I won't remember anything. Well, what about you? Is there anything as a, a, like a player at the table that you uh, would like to see incorporated into a campaign in particular? I mean, this is your opportunity no, to I mean, speak for the group, right? Oh, just, yeah, yeah. I'm having fun just drinking and playing D and D. <laughs> I, lo I love Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm so glad you posted that you were wanted to see pe people were interested because that got me back into it, and I hadn't played for over ten years. Yeah, yeah. Well, Woo. yeah. I oh mean, God. it's it's wow. been it's been uh, it's been a ride, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Yeah, like, is there, so, like, you don't want to see, like, an underwater camp, a part of a campaign? Like, no. there's no... No underwater, no spiders, no, crazy, no clowns, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no trips into volcanoes to go through lava, nothing like that? No. Okay, thank God you said no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to plan that shit. Right. <laughs> no lie, I was worried about it as soon as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'll just, I will try to stop making a beeline for the end of things. No, my God, I give um, you such a hard time about it. But <laughs> if anything, it's something that I should know to anticipate at this point with you as a player at my table. Like I should learn how to but deal with now, that, right? Last week it wasn't me. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> that was not me. Yeah, it was Janet. That was Janet. Yeah, that was all Janet. And you will see after a couple of glasses of wine a very frank and open conversation <laughs> about this problem. <laughs> yeah, table. yeah. Uh, Quickly followed by poop jokes, so it was fine. Yeah, of course, of course. Of course. Cl uh, classic on your show. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. 
my friend Lillian, when I was DMing, she was, it sounds like the same as you. Like, I would try to, like, set up this thing, and I thought I had my clues deciphered. And she's like, well, clearly it's that, so we're going to do it. Uh, oops, I solved it. And the end, what's next? And I'm like, God damn it, Lillian! Oh, really? She was metagaming with Lillian, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I made this yeah. whole thing. All right. Well, cool. All right. Well, oh, I'm great, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that you have more world forging to do, and I have writing to do, and Cynthia has drinks to pour. So, <laughs> I, have a, I have a dog to go pet. Yeah, yeah. There I you go. have to go try to go hang out with a dog here. Yeah. Uh, should we? Where Piper? Where Where are we? People can find us on Twitter. We're at World Forge Pod uh, at Twitter. They can also find us um, on any podcast streaming service. Uh, except yeah. for uh, Stitcher. We're not quite there yet. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe no, Stitcher, someday. Stitcher, the, the, the nasty lady that eludes us, oh, she's, that never allows us. She's to... our, our great white buffalo. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, we are also, you can email us if you have ideas or feedback um, at worldforgepod at gmail.com. Yeah. Do you want to tell us how terrible our advice is? No, no nobody yeah. say that. If somebody says that, I have to punch them in the throat. <laughs> Not quite that violent. Oh, Not quite that violent, but yeah. uh, I will write. Punch them in the. Yeah. Since, since I'm Canadian, punch I will write out. a strongly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I go for the throat punch. I'm Canadian, but I go for the throat punch. You be like. Yo, hey, bud, don't don't be so mean to them, bud. You right? know, go yeah. to Tiho and get a donut. You know, just cheer up, okay? Like, why don't, why oh, don't hey you there, go to- man, I didn't really like the way you talked about him. So, uh... <laughs> why don't you go to Timmy's and get a double double and simmer down, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! When I was in Toronto like a week or so ago, we went into a Tim Hortons. It was my first time being in one, and I'm looking Magical. at the menu, and I see they have like these little like mini donuts, and yeah. it was like you can get. I like said out loud, I was like. Wait, I can get ten for three dollars? And the only around, she's like, she's like, yeah, they're only like nineteen cents each. Have you never been to Tim Hortons? And I'm like, I'm from Minnesota. And she's like, oh my god, welcome! And it was like the sweetest interaction. I've ever had. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Oh my god, absolutely. So oh my god, I have a feeling that we could fill like eight hours worth of shows. Yes, I know. I agree. Yeah. Eight hours of talking about chios and donuts <laughs> and whatever. Dogs and donuts. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you so much. And uh, we will absolutely be in touch. And when I'm stumped, I will yes. I will call. <laughs> yeah. Hooray. We're always here for you. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. It was a wonderful time. We had we had a we had a blast. Us thank too. you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It was really fun. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah.